0: Net presents the Batman Universe podcast, your source for all the latest Batman news related to movies, television, merchandise, and video games. Thanks for making the Batman Universe your ultimate source for Batman news.
1: Hello everyone. Welcome to the Batman Universe podcast, episode number ninety-one. I'm your host, Dustin, and today I have with me.
0: This is Melinda,
1: and this is Ed. And Ed's back again this month, and John is not here this month. Uh, We're kind of flip-flopping, so uh, we do have a bunch of uh, news to go over. Here on this podcast, we cover movie, TV, merchandise, video game, and general news. We also have some listener Q&As to discuss a little later on in the episode, and a good chunk of stuff as far as what's been happening. Uh, If you've noticed on the website, we have a new addition to uh, the staff on the website, Christina Collins has been posting up a number of video game and uh, merchandise news for you guys to check out. So I, I have been making a point to say over the last couple months that uh, merchandise news has been lacking and now it's not. So if you are interested in merchandise, I suggest you start checking out the website on a normal basis because uh, there's stuff that I didn't even know about that's suddenly appearing on the website. So we'll have a bunch to talk about there. Uh, You you may notice that this episode is generally about a week later than normal, and that's because of some scheduling issues, but also because the the 31st of the month, which was the end of October, landed on a Thursday, and rather than forgetting about the last week of the month and releasing the episode on the first Friday of the month, as we've always promised, I figured, you know, what the heck, why not just make sure we cover everything from October so we're not retreading stuff uh, come December, so... That's why it's a week late. I apologize because I'm sure your iPod is now stuffed with Batman Universe Podcasts since we have a comic cast, Batfans, as well as uh, a number of other items releasing this week. So with that, let's get straight into movie news. Oh, say can you see by the dark-
2: You are as precious to me as you were to your own mother and father. I swore to them that I would protect you, and I haven't.
1: So the the number of different things in the month. First, let's uh, not talk about uh, Man of Steel 2. We'll get to that in a second because there is a bunch there. The first thing to discuss is the trailer for Just Sleep War and the cover art were revealed on October 29th. We have the trailer available on our YouTube page as well as the website for you to check out so you can do that. But, uh, you know, did you guys watch it? And if you did, what did you think of basically the trailer and how it's depicting the story? As uh, we know, it's it's basically taking the first story arc from Justice League and the New 52 of DC Comics and turning it into an animated film. So do you guys think based off the trailer that it works or do you think that it's, it's different?
0: I didn't read the Justice League origin story, but I think the animation in this just looks incredible and I love that they're they're basing it so heavily on what Jim Lee has done because I I really think he is an incredibly talented artist. As far as the storyline goes, as I said, I'm not 100% sure how closely it follows Justice League origin, but I think it'll be interesting. I think it's a good way to introduce the characters within the context of the new 52 especially since we have we have seen flashpoint and we know that 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 really changed everything for everyone so I think this is a good jumping in point and I'm curious to see what it'll what it will bring further down the road
2: I, I like the Justice League title monthly quite a bit and I'm looking forward to this it is nice to have something kind of falling in sequence since flashpoint paradox was the was the last movie and now we have this movie we actually are kind of getting things in the same order we got them in the comics world for a while which is cool the animation style looks good but i and again i enjoyed the majority of flashpoints uh, animation there was a few rough bumps in the road but overall i really enjoyed it. it does look to be in a in a similar style i did notice that aquaman has been replaced with shazam i don't it's really just an observation. I don't have a, too much of an emotional attachment to either Shazam or Aquaman, so I really, uh, I really don't care that they replaced him. But I did notice that they had replaced his character. So, but uh, no, I'm really looking forward to this. It looks good.
1: Yeah, the thing is, you know, I, I also found that kind of interesting that Aquaman was replaced by Shazam. I mean, Shazam did was a part of the original run, but he appeared in the in the backup. So it was interesting that Aquaman is not not, a, not not anywhere to be found in this trailer at all. So I guess he's not even going to be in the film because even looking at some of the credits, it doesn't look like there's a voice for him either. Now, we, we knew some of the actors that were going to be voicing some of the characters in the film based off of the sneak peek 10-minute preview clip that they had attached to Just League Flashpoint with the special features. They revealed some of the voices, but uh, just to run down some of the voices... Superman's actually voiced by Alan Tudyk, who, the, when, I, when I see him, the first thing that I think of is he's the pirate guy from Dodgeball.
0: Seriously,
2: that's him? Yes. Fantastic. Or the, or the, the, the Firefly guy, too, right? Yes, Same guy? he's in
1: Firefly. That's, that's where he's best known from. But when I see him, I immediately think, hey, that's uh, Pirate whatever his name was from uh, Dodgeball. Pirate so, Steve. Yeah, Pirate Steve. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Michelle Mahanigan, who's done a number of different things, uh, some of the more recent things she's done is Source Code, Gone Baby Gone, Due Date, Eagle Eye. She's been in a decent amount of movies. She's voicing Wonder Woman in the film, and I think if you actually look at her, she, you know, she's got the Wonder Woman look. Obviously, that doesn't really mean anything since she she's doing voice acting, but she does have a look. She's And then, moving on down the list, Shamar Moore, who's known from Criminal Minds, uh, he's voicing Cyborg in the film. Christopher Gorman, who's known for his role on Covert Affairs, is voicing The Flash. Justin Kirk is voicing Green Lantern. He's uh, known from Weeds. And Sean Astin, who, as most people would know from The Goonies, Rudy, Lord of the Rings, he's voicing Shazam. And... Dark Side is going to be voiced by Stephen Bloom, who's done a number of different... He, he's, he's well known as a voice actor. He's been on a bunch of different fan favorites, Cowboy Bebop, uh, Transformers Prime, things like that. But Batman is actually voiced by Jason O'Mara, and uh, he's got a number of different things that he's done. Recently, he did Terra Nova on Fox a couple years back. Uh, he was on a show on ABC called Life on Mars. And even more recently, he was, he's was he been on a show called Vegas. But what's interesting is most of the shows that he's on, they don't seem to last very long. So that's kind of interesting. Now, the one thing I do want to kind of just talk about briefly here is I, saw, I happened to see some tweets coming from the publicity person who promotes a lot of these films for Warner Brothers, as well as, I believe it was James Tucker... Right around New York Comic Con, which also happened in October, there were was, was some, some tweets that were going on about how they were quite happy with the voice of Batman, Jason Omara, and he's going to be the voice of Batman going forward for the DC Universe, or something on that line. So I'm not going to say that's exactly what they said, but it really seemed as if it wasn't said specifically, but it felt like they were implying that this was the new voice of Batman going forward for a lot of the DC animated films. I want to get your guys' thoughts on not necessarily him being the voice but them sticking with specific actors to voice these characters and how this could actually kind of work into what they've they've been doing with the New 52 where now they're they seem to be going from Flashpoint straight to the New 52. Do you think that a lot of these stories are going to continue on and that's why they want to have some sort of c- continuity with having these characters voiced by the same voice actors?
0: I think that's probably not a bad decision on their part if that's the reason they made it. I think it was prior to the release of Flashpoint, though, that we had Kevin Conroy saying, you know, I've really enjoyed being Batman, but I'm I'm kind of done with that. So I think that they they probably really viewed the New 52 as, and, and the film's based on the stories from the New 52, as a chance to, to recast, to reinvent, and in all honesty, probably save a bit of money on it. Because While these, some of them may be bigger names, they're not necessarily big in voice work. So I think that it's, it's probably, like, it's, the reason behind the decision would be, there'd be multiple reasons, but I think that one of the big things would be continuity with, you know, creating a new voice, a new sound for the new 52, and then also not having to pay the same fees that they would be paying to, certain voice actors
2: yeah i don't i don't really have an issue with it i mean well let me rephrase that if he's good and, and i haven't heard enough i saw some of the new york comic-con stuff and watched the preview but i haven't heard enough of him to make a definitive judgment so i think as long as he's good i don't mind with the same actor kind of carrying forward you know we, we lost kevin conroy and we also lost nathan Fillon, who had been also from firefly fame who had been the voice of green lantern for quite some time now in the animated universe. Um, this is the first time in a while that I can remember him not being Green Lantern. So it does seem like they're trying to move forward on New 52, and that's that's totally cool. And until that, that they've been proved wrong by hearing a bad performance, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt.
1: All right. So j- just so everyone knows, the, the it was also announced the release date for Just League War. The film will release on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital download on February 4th, 2013. Um, the film was screened at... New York Comic Con since that is really the last convention of the season and the film itself is actually going to be coming out much earlier in the year in comparison to all of the other uh, all of the other events all the other conventions so that's just like war now let's get into what I'm sure a lot of people want to talk about man of steel 2 so number of different things happen in October the first thing we've got to talk about is filming has already began On October 19th, Man of Steel filmed at a football game in California. They basically... It was uh, the Los Angeles College Wingard Stadium. And basically during halftime, the production started things off by telling the crowd that they would be part of the Batman and Superman movie. And that, that the game was going to be between Gotham City University and Metropolis State University. And it basically started off with Metropolis on an offense play and at the Gotham 30-yard line where Metropolis lost some yardage following another play in which they scored a touchdown. The bench is clear and the fight breaks out between the two teams. Uh, Zack Snyder was obviously there and he was filming the scene. He was directing the entire thing via megaphone. Um, And then afterwards, the production asked fans to stick around after the game in case they needed to do any extra footage or filming. And they raffled off some TVs and some other stuff, but... Kind of kind of interesting clearly they're, they're going for something here and this could be the, one of the situations where we see Clark come in contact with Bruce Wayne for the first time at a football game who knows exactly what the, the the basis of it is but you know that's that's happening and it's already happened. So football will be in this game just as it was in the Dark Knight Rises
0: well it's kind of funny you say that when they mentioned filming at a football game my first thought was when we kind of got those news reports that they were filming at at the other football games for the dark knight rises and you know what what we theorized that meant for for the plot and for things like that and this to me just seems like different different filming atmosphere the fact that you know it was very focused on the interaction between the two teams between metropolis and gotham i'm wondering if you might be right if maybe you know bruce wayne is there to to see something happening and he even just bumps shoulders with clark kent like something like that would be would be an interesting way to have them kind of first meet in person but i'm excited to see what this scene is because i think based on what what you can see in the videos, it looks pretty cool, and I love the costuming department, the design of the Gotham football hoodies. I think those were really good, nice, and I hope everyone there had a great time. There must be some
2: developing animosity between the two, because although football can t- certainly be a violent, brutal sport, it's not typical to have bench-clearing brawls. So I guess my only real thought is maybe that there's some serious animosity between Gotham and Metropolis for some reason that's going to spill over. Other than that, I don't have a lot of speculation. Although it's it's nice to see we've started filming because that means that you know the ball is officially rolling.
1: All right. So the next October twenty second, Warner Brothers President of Creative Development talks Man of Steel and possibly Wonder Woman. Warner Brothers President of Creative Development Greg Silverman talked about Batman vs Superman and Wonder Woman at the Variety Entertainment and Tech Summit recently. Regarding Wonder Woman and other DC characters appearing in the film, Silverman says that Warner Brothers has been thinking about it. He specifically said, We have been doing a lot of thinking for years uh, about how to best use all those characters, and we love them. Wonder Woman is an amazing character. I think it's great opportunity for, bo- for box office success, but also to have an amazingly powerful superhero who's a female. We are taking it all very seriously and are trying to do a plan that's respectful to those characters and maximize the stories as best they can. So everyone that has been speculated... Are things that we've thought about. He then went on to say, uh, "They've created a great story, and I mean, this is where it all comes from for us. It's just a great story that involves these amazing characters." Then he went on to discuss the Affleck controversy. He said, "We knew that we had in our we had more information than the general public had. We knew what the take of the movie was. We knew what the character was going to be." We don't take these decisions lightly. We thought about it every day. Brand new people, established people. Ben is the perfect guy to play this role. So, kind of interesting comments. There's a little bit to talk about Wonder Woman in a minute, about something that just developed over the weekend, but I think, you know, obviously Wonder Brothers knows what the plan is, just like Ben Affleck knows what the plan is, and they all are saying that, you know, this is definitely a different take, and that's why they've decided to go with him. And, you know, at this point, I'm just waiting for a trailer to see what's, you know, what, just wait and see is my, my mode right now.
0: Well, and that's, I think, going to be our mode for the next two years. You know, we're, we're really at the mercy of them. We're, we're going to get the information that they choose for us to have, barring some huge leak of information. I think that it's. I, it's good to see that they are addressing the Wonder Woman question that keeps popping up because you know they they really, in a lot of circles are viewed as the Holy Trinity of superheroes. so it's it's nice to see that they are they're not just saying, no, we're not going to put her in the movie. you know it's we're thinking about this, we're thinking about how to do it properly. We're thinking about how to address it. So that to me was really positive to hear from them.
2: Yeah, I I just kind of agree with what Melinda said. My biggest concern with them has always been that they don't have a plan, and if they have a plan, then I feel better.
1: All right, next, October 24th, a new rumor that came into the mix is that the Batmobile could be resembling a Cadillac. Batman on Film stated that the Batmobile is currently being designed and built by General Motors at the GM Advanced Design Studio in North Hollywood, this is the same team who most recently designed and built the vehicles for Transformers 4 with Michael Bay. What's kind of interesting about this is that an old Cadillac will feature will be featured prominently in the film. What the, his source had said, they said that uh, he, he specifically asked uh, if the source that the Cadillac 16 com- concept car from a f- few years back looked a lot like the Batmail. He said, hmm. So, you know... If you, if you look at the history of the comics, of originally the in the comics, Batmobile was a normal black car. That's all it was. Um, that's not to say that that's what they're going to do, because I think if Bruce Wayne is established and has been around for a while and Batman exists, then I think that there's there's going to be a Batmobile. But, you know, I, I, I will just say this. Take this with a grain of salt. I don't really think it's necessarily completely true. They will have a Batmobile, I'm sure of it because that's an easy way for them to make a toy about. And we all know that Warner Brothers is all about the merchandising. So I would just say, you know, take it with a grain of salt for right now, as far as whether or not it'll be a Cadillac or whether it'll be some other car. My
0: thought would be is the old Cadillac that's going to be featured is probably Bruce Wayne's personal car, because you want that Batmobile to look really cool. You want it to be merchandisable, as beautiful as old Cadillacs are, they're really not something that a kid is going to go, Oh, I want that. I want that for Christmas or I want that for my birthday. I think they are going to go with a more hopped up design. It not like, like it says, not necessarily the military look of the Tumblr because that, that very much fit in with what the dark Knight trilogy was trying to do. This does not sound like it's going to be that movie. So it, it won't have that military look, but it will definitely not just look like a normal car because there's nothing really interesting about that.
2: Yeah, I I can't imagine that they're gonna have Bruce Wayne flying around wherever the hell he's gonna be Metropolis or Gotham in this movie in an old sixties caddy. Melinda's idea makes a lot of sense. I could see him, you know, being chauffeured by Alfred and something like that. And to be honest with you, there's a good possibility that they haven't even made the new Batmobile yet, which means the whole thing is subject to there's probably some General creative, you know, consensus on it, but they may have make a lot of tweaks between now and the time they actually make it. So,
1: all right, and then the last bit of Man of Steel news we have comes on October twenty fifth. Ben Affleck uh, talked with four one one about his recent casting with Batman and his initial reluctance to take the role. He specifically said, "Initially, I was reluctant as I felt I didn't fit the traditional mold, but once Zach showed me the concept." and that it would be both different from what great movies that Chris and Christian made, but still keeping with the tradition, I was excited. Doing something different, and it was always tricky, and part of the thrill and risk that is initially, it confounds expectations. The truth is, it's, a, it's the movie, and it's the execution of what it is, and all the actors depend on, and I believe in, Zach's vision. Uh, He then went on to discuss the comments that were made before from Warner Brothers CEO about Man of Steel being tired, weary, and seasoned. And he said, yes, Kevin described it aptly. I don't want to go into further detail because I want to be able to capitalize on what is new about this iteration by having it to be a surprise for the audience. When he was asked about who his favorite Batman was in the past, to actor who played Batman, he said it has all been done very well many times before. So... Now, what's interesting is, for whatever reason, the, the only the last comment he that was we posted in this article on the site was getting comments from people, and they were basically saying, why couldn't he name an actor? What is the problem? And I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm reading it a completely different way. I'm reading it as, you know, he's not going to sit there and say, oh, you know, Christian Bale, he did a great job, and but everyone else, they sucked. You know, as an actor, why would you really do that? So, of course, you're just going to say... Everyone's done a great job that's that's what you would do because you're not going to sit there and call out and say, "Yeah George Clooney, yeah he sucked I mean just think about it
0: no it's a super magnanimous response on his part because and I mean if you go into detail and you say, "Oh well, I loved this person's performance for this and this person's performance for that you're going to be there all day and that makes a really nice soundbite It has been done very well many times before the end that that's all you need to say. And that acknowledges that everyone, regardless of whether you personally like them as Batman or not, has parts of their performance that are really good. And I think that's really true. I liked what he said, or what they said about the Batman that's being depicted here being tired, weary, and seasoned. And I think a lot of people are going to initially say, well, yeah, we saw that in The Dark Knight Rises, but we really didn't because he was no longer being Batman. He was he was broken. He was defeated. And so I'm, I want to see how that character would behave, still being Batman, rather than having stepped back from it.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, here's the other point too: is that you don't want to start ripping fellow actors. I mean, these are people he may have to work with one day. I mean, this isn't going to be the last movie he's ever going to make. There's a there's a good possibility he could end up with you know Keaton, Bale, Clooney, Kilmer. He could end up acting with a lot of those guys again. These are almost like fellow coworkers, so I don't. I, and I saw some of the same stuff that was talking about that some people were saying. Well, he can't. I mean, I'm sure he could name some of the guys who played Batman. So I don't think that's a legitimate concern. I just think he was trying to be not hurting anyone's feelings, and I totally get it. I mean, these are, in a way, coworkers. So yeah, no, I'm totally cool with what he said. And, and as far as the weary part, I'm, I feel like Melinda, I'm, I'm I do want to see this. Um, it may end up a little Dark Knight Returns, but that's fine because the Dark Knight Returns is awesome.
1: So the the last thing that I want to talk about is it's as we're recording this we're recording this on uh, Sunday November 3rd and over the weekend Kamikaze, which is a comic kazi uh, convention happened in Los Angeles which is Stan Lee's brainchild of a convention happened and uh to, while while they're promoting the upcoming Thor film which is releasing very soon here. Jamie Alexander, who plays one of the uh, Asgardian warriors in Thor and Thor Two, she was talking about her role, and a question was somehow somehow was brought up about uh, her possibly being Wonder Woman. Obviously, she has the build. She, you know, she has the look that she could easily play Wonder Woman. Just, just watch Thor, the first film, and you, you can see. And supposedly, there's supposed to even be even more of her in in battle and stuff in Thor two. But she kind of hinted at the fact that she's actually been in talks with Warner Brothers about possibly doing something. Now, she never actually said she was going to play Wonder Woman. She never said she was in talks to play Wonder Woman. She just said that she was in talks. The question that was asked of her was, you know, has anyone ever thought of you as Wonder Woman? And she said that she just answered the question as, well, I've actually been in talks with Warner about something. Now, that's not to necessarily mean that she will play Wonder Woman in Man Man of Steel 2. That's not necessarily that she is going to play Wonder Woman in a standalone film it's just that she's been talking with Warner Brothers. She's probably not the only person they're talking to either. So this is just something that I just want to throw out there because even though it happened technically in the month of November we'll talk about it now just so it, it you know it's out there. But I'm sure more will come of this and you know obviously more is going to get revealed in the coming months because as we get more into filming stuff's going to have to get revealed regarding some of the characters that are going to be portrayed. I mean, we still have no idea who the villain is going to be in the film. I mean, I've assumed and I would I would think it would be Lex Luthor, but we don't know officially who it's going to be yet.
0: I actually read another comment from Jamie Alexander that I guess came out of this weekend and it it was just a throwaway comment and someone had mentioned something about Superman versus Batman. And she was like, oh yeah, I know, I know a little bit about the story of that. And a lot of people just lost their minds because they were like, oh, well, who would, who would know what the plot and the story are of that except someone who's actually like involved in it or is being brought in later or, and so I thought, you know, if they're interpreting that correctly and if people aren't overreacting, that's, it's a really interesting way to respond to that, to say that you do know a little bit about it. So, but I, you know, I've thought a lot about who I would love to see play Wonder Woman, and I kind of threw her away because she was playing Sif in Thor, and I think that when you get that crossover, it it sometimes gets a little bit weird, but if they bring her in, I would definitely not say no to seeing that movie. I, I think it'd be fine. I mean, to
2: be honest with you, this is going to sound awful in a way. I, I don't care. I just want to see him make the movie, so I'm good with it. She seems as good as... You know anybody else would be for me. I'm not sure there's a list of good candidates for it, but I'm awful at this casting stuff. I always muck it up. So yeah, I'd I'd be fine with her in it.
1: Okay, so the the actual thing that happened was somehow the converse She was on a panel, a movie panel hosted by AMC, and somehow the conversation somehow turned to Ben Affleck being cast in Man of Steel two as Batman. The actress said that she has confidence in him playing Batman, which is bolstered by the fact that he is. So suited for the particular Batman portrayal in the film, and her reason for that uncertainty is, as she put it, she kind of knows the storyline for that movie. So that that led us to believe, okay, well, does that mean she's actually read the script? You know, blah blah blah. Do we know that she's just basing it off of the idea of that's from the Frank? It's you know, it's got the idea of Frank Miller. So what happened was Forbes actually caught up with her after the panel, and. She said this, and this is quoted from this is quoted from Forbes from as as said by Jamie Alexander. I would love for DC to put out Wonder Woman in one of their upcoming flicks, either in her own movie or Batman vs. Superman, or just something even to reduce her. Being in the comic book world, we know a lot of the same people at DC and Marvel, so we hear a lot of things. But it's all speculation now. But I would absolutely love that Wonder Woman appearing in one of the upcoming films. Thankfully and gratefully, I'm I'm appreciative of the people who asked my opinion of the character, and it's been pretty amazing. I'm a huge fan of Wonder Woman. I really think if this is the closest that we're ever going to get to Wonder Woman, then I'm proud to play Sif. I hope that other comic book entities can learn a lesson from Marvel and how to execute a female character the way it should be done. I would really like to one day see a Wonder Woman film or a Wonder Woman character, but until it's done with class, I'd rather it not be done. So that, that really, those comments really put it to rest that she knows anything about the film. It's really just, you know, she might know something about the story, but that doesn't mean that she's in talks necessarily to be in the film. So as Melinda put it, the, it, it did get kind of blown away and turned into something a little bit more than it really was. All right, so with that, that is actually all of the movie news we have. A lot of movie news and a lot of movie news going forward, so make sure you're checking out the website on a normal basis to keep up to date with all of the news. Impressive. Thank you. Batman? But you're... Don't hurt your brain trying to understand. I want you conscious when I take you down. So now we're going to go into TV news. So first off... uh, there was one episode of Beware the Batman that aired in the month of October. The episode was entitled Instinct. It aired on October 5th. The synopsis for this episode was Professor Pig and Mr. Toad are back, and they've set their sights on Gotham's elite couture culture. They've includes that only Batman can decipher. They attack both a model and a clothing designer, encasing them in deadly traps. Although Batman and Katana are able to save the day, they miss Pig and Toad's master plan to destroy the yacht where... The after-party for Gotham's Fashion Week is being staged. Every fashion icon in the world will be there, as well as Bruce Wayne. So, well, real quick, what do we think about this episode?
0: I kind of felt like it was lackluster. Like, it was it was a solid episode, but it wasn't anything great. I mean, the big running gag through this episode was, oh, well, how do you know about this? Bruce Wayne knows about that. So... It just kind of seemed like they were hammering home the point Batman and Bruce Wayne are two different people to Katana, which really seemed negated when he, at the very end, there was that convoluted, you have to trust your instincts, even though he was talking about trusting Bruce Wayne's instincts. I I just didn't care much for it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't
0: same boat. I mean, it wasn't
2: awful, but it wasn't great. I don't really... Like Professor Pig, to to be honest with you, he's never one of my favorites. I know that Grant Morrison fans are probably gonna be upset at me, but they've never been my favorite. The episode was just very ho hum. I mean, it was it was fine. It wasn't awful. You didn't want to turn your television off, and you didn't want to see the show get canceled or anything. But I mean, it wasn't. It was fine, but just doesn't wasn't spectacular by any stretch.
1: Yeah, I you know there wasn't there was a lot of different things that happened in this episode that I found kind of odd how does a group of eco terrorists turn into creating death traps like the guy from saw or jigsaw from saw that was a little odd to me not necessarily as as grotesque as some of the death traps we've seen in the saw films but it's just you know it just seems a little odd that you know these guys who were just about eliminating big businessmen who were you know polluting the world in one way or another you know, they turned into going after these designers because they deal with animals. So they went from eco terrorists to these the, the the terrorist type people who you know get upset about people who are killing animals for whatever reason. I, you know, I I don't really have a bad feeling one way or the other about this. It was just kind of eh, and it's kind of a downside because the next bit of news we have comes on October twenty third. And it was announced that Beware the Batman is now on hiatus until January 2014. Now, what's really weird about the timing of the announcement compared to the episode that aired is that if you think about it, the episode that aired the week before that, the episode that aired on September 28th, that episode would have been, that was the episode where Ra's al Ghul was revealed at the end of the episode. That would have been a perfect place to have the show go on hiatus for a couple months, because you left a big cliffhanger. With the episode Instinct, it just kind of was like, well, here it happened, there it goes. And then it's like, okay, what now?
0: We did so, have a little bit of that in this episode. Like, at the very end, that Jason guy getting approached.
1: Yeah. But yeah. not
0: as big a reveal, no.
1: Yeah, not not nearly as big of a real reveal as Rosal Ghoul being in an episode. Like, Great, Jason Burr, the character who, you know, he's here for whatever purpose. It really, I don't really understand it other than they're just trying to build up the supporting cast of this show without using other characters that are already existing. They just, it it just it seems a little weird. So basically, getting back to the hiatus announcement, basically the show was taken off the schedule for whatever purpose, for that Saturday, even though the episode was supposed to air a new episode that weekend, or as it was scheduled, because but then Cartoon Network pulled it from the air without explanation, and then basically they they came back a couple of days later and said currently, Beware the Batman is no longer on our air. DC Nation will continue on Saturday mornings at ten nine central with exclusive shorts and a full hour of encore episodes of Teen Titans Go. Hey. so. We instead of re-airing episodes of Beware the Batman, we've decided we're just going to see nothing but an hour-long worth of Teen Titans Go! episodes. Now, I did a little bit of digging because I was kind of interested in uh, why exactly they chose to do Teen Titans Go! episodes in the short amount of time, or in, in that in that block, instead of like a previous DC show that Cartoon Network once aired at some other time for example young justice or even green lantern the animated series i don't really understand why cartoon network doesn't like once once basically a show runs they don't ever run they don't ever run reruns of it i don't really understand that but you know that that's just me but the one thing that i did find kind of interesting when when you think about the overall aspect of it teen titans go just premiered this year as of right now they have actually only aired not even the full seasons of shows. They have, every, every episode consists of technically two episodes. They have a total of 31 episodes that have actually aired. Now, these 31 episodes that have aired, like I said, it's actually like 15 and a half that have actually aired. So, they have, because a half hour consists of these two sub-little episodes. And I don't know if a lot of you know what I'm talking about, but a lot of, cartoons nowadays are doing like 15 minute episodes or 10 minute episodes, very short episodes or 20, I think it's like 12 minute episodes. And then they're breaking off and that, that way they can make it seem as if it's a little bit newer by matching certain 12 minute episodes with another 12 minute episode in that half hour block that's designated for a TV show. But anyway... That's probably a little bit too much in-depth. But anyway, the point is, they've only got 15 half-hour episodes of Be- of Teen Titans that have aired. Be- Beware the Batman has aired a total of 11 episodes. So, they decide to, instead of running reruns of Beware the Batman from now until January, we're just going to see Teen Titans go, run the same exact episodes in a shorter amount of time. So, from the end of October till the beginning of January... There's, you know, that's roughly about three months, give or take a week or so. Somehow in that, in the, in that three months, all we're going to see is those, those 15 episodes, which is basically the entire run. So we're going to see, and then not to mention, they're going to be running them back to back. So they're going to, we're going to be seeing an hour's worth of 15 episodes. So that means basically when you break it down, somehow they've got to fill 30 blocks with 15 episodes over the next 3 months. If that makes a whole lot of sense.
0: The way you're explaining it makes sense, their decision to do so does not. I think like we have talked many, many times before about the mistakes that DC Nation has made with this block of time and this just this just continues to prove our point. I honestly don't even know what to say that has not been said by us before. I don't love beware the batman. So if slash when this gets canceled, I'm not going to be broken hearted about it, but I'm going to be upset that they screwed the pooch on yet another show.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the biggest problem is the fact that they just keep doing this over and over again. They they dropped the ball with Young Justice, a show that was specifically designed to air continuously because of the the series of events that transcribed in the actual episodes. It was meant to watch in sequence, not watch 6 episodes, then take 4 months off, then watch another 6 episodes. And I don't know why they do that because honestly when I when I look at some of the other shows that Cartoon Network airs, some of their big shows that they promote the heck out of like Adventure Time and regular show when you when you look at some of those shows outside of the idea that, you know, th- they they are very like non-linear episodes where you can air them in any way shape or form for the most part those episodes, they, they don't go very long without airing new episodes. So I don't really understand the idea of Cartoon Network constantly doing this with a show that's not even in one of their primetime blocks, number one. I mean, Teen Titans Go! is in their primetime block on Wednesdays, but Beware the Batman is just a Saturday morning show. Who cares when it airs? I mean, like, outside of the people who are actually going to be tuning in every Saturday to watch it, who are fans of Batman... Who's really going to be paying attention to, you know, whether or not the show is doing amazingly well or not? You know, they, they made this point about when Young Justice got pulled, it was mostly because it wasn't producing a lot of, you know, this merchandise sales wasn't there. And, you know, you can argue that it was the merchandise companies who who screwed that show, or you can argue it was the fans who didn't buy enough of the merchandise. But realistically, with Beware the Batman, there's absolutely no merchandise the show hasn't even been on long enough to really have retailers get involved or be interested in, in you know, making purchase orders for merchandise from vendors. So, it, like, what is what's ultimately going to happen with all of these shows? They're just going to start doing this rotating basis of every season, which in Cartoon Network land is a year and a half. We're going to see a new new TV series in the DC Nation block.
2: Well, I don't know if I maybe the only, and I only noticed this on more or less accent, but my daughter all of a sudden wanted to get something to eat at McDonald's since she doesn't eat at McDonald's, and I finally got it out of her that they were starting to have beware wear the Batman toys. Yes. and McDonald's,
1: which, like... Yeah, that that was... Uh, that, that promotion ran actually from the middle of September to the middle of October. So... Which was perfect, because the show was on the air during that time frame.
2: And then, so, soon, I mean, I just... I don't know. It seems to me like when you're building you're using something like that to get kids into it and build an audience and canceling it I don't know. It just seems like the people that are running this from a pure marketing standpoint haven't got a clue what they're doing.
1: Yeah. And you know, I don't think anybody really knows what the deal is why this keeps happening with these DC shows. I mean, how many times have the DC I mean, look at Bat- Batman the Animated Series. Now given that like that show even some of the worst episodes were better than some of the some of the episodes that have aired of Beware the Batman. But that sh- those, those shows lasted a long, long time. Yeah. Like They started airing in the early 90s, and they ran... When you, you talk about the whole Paul Dini, Bruce Timm universe, that stuff aired all the way through the early 2000s for at least 10 years. Because we had Batman the Animated Series, the new Batman Adventures, Superman the Animated Series, and then we had Justice League, Justice League Unlimited as well as Batman Beyond, all of those shows were still based off of that same universe. So the fact that, like, all those shows were successful did, you know, made a, a, a decent amount of episodes. When you look at all of the episodes, Batman the Animated Series had four volumes, each consisting of about 26 episodes apiece, or tw- 24 episodes apiece, I believe. And then you had Superman the Animated Series, which had two volumes, which essentially, I guess, adds up in Cartoon Network land is three three seasons, Batman Beyond had three seasons. Justice League and Justice League Unlimited had a combined of five seasons. So, I mean, like, those shows, they didn't air on Cartoon Network. They aired on either Fox or Kids WB when when uh, that whole thing was happening. And now it just seems like maybe Cartoon Network isn't the right place for them to be doing what they're doing. Maybe the DC Nation block is meant for some other place. Now, the CW, which is is partially owned by Warner Brothers... That seems like that might be a really good place because they do have a kids lineup of shows, and the majority of the time, they run a lot of. <laughs> tell you the truth, they run a lot of the Deanie Tim stuff from the '90s as reruns, and that's what they run as like part of their 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 Saturday morning lineup. Is they run Batman the Animated Series, Superman, and stuff like that. Minute. So I mean, it's just it just doesn't make any sense where they you know. This is a network television, not a cable television, and they're running shows that are over 10 years old, and they're fine with the ratings that they're getting for those, but Cartoon Network is running shows that are brand new, and they're not okay with the ratings, and they keep pulling it. So I I just don't get it. Maybe Warner Brothers needs to reevaluate where DC Nation is.
2: Well, it's not even DC Nation anymore. Isn't that kind of idiotic? It's an hour of Teen Titans. I mean, that's really what it's become, and I I can't watch that show, man. That show is like, I mean, I guess it's great for kids, but that Teen Titans show, but you can't watch that show. That's just, that's just bad, it's just brutal.
1: So, as of right now, the the news, the, the, the specific thing that has that been announced is that, as of right now, the next new episode of the Where the Batman will air on January 11th. So, we'll wait for that to happen.
0: Yeah, I'll be holding my breath.
1: All right, so with that, let's get into merchandise news. There's something new in Gotham City. Wow. It's Batman, like you've never seen him before. Hey, Joker, a battle right surprise! Missed me. Time for a change. That disguise won't work, Joker. No, try this! So long, Batman! That's it. wings out! Fire! You've got great new weapons, Batman, but I... Now, tricks. You'll need them. Batman, the Dark Knight collection. Batman like you've never seen him before. As I mentioned, a bunch of different stuff to cover. So I'm going to run through some of these pretty quickly, and other ones will take a little bit more time. So the first thing is, at New York Comic-Con, Triforce announced a Nightwing Arsenal display. This is a full-scale replica of Nightwing's, basically his arsenal. It's got his Scream of Sticks. It's It's a really cool stand that's lighted with LED lights and stuff like that. Uh, The retail cost of this thing is $1,100. it's (laughs) it's, (laughs) Sorry. uh, You can can pre-order it right now from Triforce. Obviously, this is going to be for the high-end collector, but it is kind of cool. We've got pictures of it lit up and in the dark, which is kind of cool because it has specific lights in certain areas that you can see. So definitely check that out. I'm sure not a ton of our fans are going to be going out and buying this or pre-ordering it. But it's definitely cool to check out. Triforce does make some really cool stuff, including they were the same company who was behind making the Collector's Edition statue for Batman Arkham Origins, if you thought that was cool, at least the the North American version of, of the Collector's Edition. All right, so next, October 21st, Mediacom Real Action Heroes announced that their Hush Batman line will have a black suit version. We've got pictures of this on the website. On, also on October 23rd, DC Collectibles showed off, gave a little bit more details about the upcoming Greg Capullo's Batman Black and White statue. They gave the, the specific measurements of it. We have the measurements as well as a picture of it on the website. On October 24th, Wonder Brothers sent over a press release announcing that they are going to be partnering with Schlick, which if, if you are familiar with toys, the original Smurfs... That's right the little blue guys the original smurfs those toys the the toys that were made for smurfs were these little 2 and a quarter inch figurines that were made from Europe they were a huge thing from the 60s 70s and 80s with smurfs they were the o- the only company that was making smurf stuff was that company up until the late 80s while well, that company who was making smurfs is now going to be making DC comic figurines um, this is the first time ever that, that Schlick has been has done anything outside of entertainment other than Smurfs. So it's kind of a first-of-its-kind global partnership. I think it's a little interesting. There's no images, I'm sure, stuff once it starts getting announced a little bit more. It was really just the announcement of the partnership. It says that basically the, the plan is that the figurines will be about four and a third inches tall. And they'll be available in January of 2015. So it'll be a little bit of time, but uh, that was the announcement of the partnership.
0: I don't know how familiar you guys are with that brand of toy, but we carry them in our store, and they are just incredibly detailed. All of their figures, the craftsmanship that goes into them, this, I think, is probably the best news that I've heard for non-articulated figures.
1: All right, so next up, October 25th, Heroclix announced that they are releasing a Batman Arkham Origins Joker and Joker Thug. If you are familiar with Heroclix, those are two new figures that they are adding to the mix. We have not only pictures of them, but also their entire, all of their stats for each character as well, so you can check that out. October twenty fifth, we also have a. It was announced that Nika is releasing a Batman Arkham Origins Batman figure. They tweeted a picture of it. We have the picture on the website, so you can check that out. It's supposed to be coming out later, early twenty fourteen is what they're saying at this point. Next, October twenty eighth, DC Collectibles revealed that uh, there's going to be a Batman Arkham Origins Killer Croc action figure that it's going to release, which is ten inches tall in scale with the Batman figure that is also previously announced. He will be part of the Series 2 collection and will be the last figure that of the Series 2 that they've already announced. The figure was sculpted by Gentle Giant Studios so you can check out the pictures of that online. Finally, the last bit of merchandise news, Sideshow Collectibles announced, not announced, but they released some of their preview pictures for their 6 scale Batman figure. This Batman is in the basically the Silver Age colors, the lighter blue and light gray. This figure is expected to ship in 2014 in August and will retail for about 199 uh, We have pictures of it online. Honestly, uh, of all the things that we announced, this is probably the one thing that I I think is probably like the worst looking. The Batman face looks very odd, and the fact that he has an interchangeable face and makes him look angry, and his angry face somehow... It's just, I don't know, his face gets all wrinkly. It's just kind of weird. All right, so hopefully I, I, I breeze through that as quick as I can because it's hard to discuss a whole lot of the merchandise since it's a, it's a lot of pictures. But nonetheless, you can check out all of the pictures of all the stuff that we've talked about here on the website. There's tons of stuff that Christina Collins is going to be reporting on, and uh, we are happy to have someone reporting more merchandise news over on the website. So with that, we're going to move straight into video game news.
0: I've long waited for this moment. (laughs) With your death, I will find peace. Eight assassins after your head. What are you going to do?
1: I'm going to find Black Mask and put an end to this. So, obviously, the big news of the month was that Batman Arkham Origins was released. That is out. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. Some of the other things that were announced in October. First up, October 7th, Injustice Gods Among Us Ultimate Edition was announced. This Ultimate Edition will be released on PlayStation 4, Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, Windows PC, and for PlayStation Vita. The interesting thing about this is if you didn't buy the game back when it originally was released, and now you can buy the game for the exact same price it was originally released, but you'll get all that DLC that they charged the people who bought the game first to buy. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Here's my thought, okay? If you're going to release a game and you're going to re- you're gonna give a bunch of downloadable content out and you're going to make people pay for the downloadable content who already forked out the $60 for the game and then mm, six months later you're going to release an ultimate edition of the game that includes all that DLC that you already forced people to buy. Well, not forced, but you insisted people to buy. I think that's a little, little dumb. And I think that's uh, basically like, well, how much money can we make? We're already charging $60 for a game. $5 per DLC pack, and let's say we release eight eight DLC packs. Okay, so we made $100 from those first people, but now we're going to go back and we're going to release the game again for the original $60 for the people who didn't buy it originally, so the people who weren't the diehard fans who were going to fork out the money, now they can come and buy the game, and they won't have to buy any DLC because it's all in this one package.
2: Yeah, it's annoying. As a guy who owns Injustice and... I mean, it was a season pass, uh, very similar to the Arkham season pass, and that was twenty bucks, I think, for that. And I think it was thirty bucks by the time it was she bought a couple characters here or there. I mean, so you're probably looking at thirty bucks all said and done. And it's really aggravating, especially when you buy like the collector's edition of a game. To have bought the collector's edition, threw down the money for the extra DLC packs that weren't included. And then you got this kind of cheaper version coming out. Not that it's a bad game, because it's not, but it is kind of bogus.
1: All right. So October twelfth. All right. So during New York Comic Con, one of the brothers announced that they have an iOS version of Batman: Arkham Origins. There's also an Android version that will release as well um, at some at a later date. But as of right now, while you're listening to this, the iOS version is available. It is in fact free. I've played it. It's it's all right. It's not you know it's not it's not the actual game. But it's not bad. It's just basically a beat-em-up game with different moves and stuff like that. But it's available now for you to check out. And then, obviously, the next news is that on October 25th, Batman Arkham Origins released. So, so, so basically, let's just talk about the game briefly our thoughts about the game because uh, as I have promised multiple times in the past, I am planning on releasing, we are planning on releasing a a special, a Batman Universe special related to Batman Arkham Origins about a month after the game, so you should see it right around Thanksgiving is when you should see the special, if all things go according to plan, so with that what did you guys think of the game?
2: Good, I mean, if you like Arkham City I would find it extremely hard to believe that you wouldn't like Arkham Origins uh, I noticed when I first got mine, I had some, some bugs for the first couple days on some load screens. But then a big update happened on uh, the Friday after the game was released. And since I've updated it, I haven't had any bugs. I mean, it's, it's just like Arkham City and the fact that the actual story version of the game is, is relatively short. But the, I think the real meat of the game is all the, the extra missions and the side quests and everything else. Plus, the, some of the challenge maps are fun. I, I enjoy playing as Deathstroke. Uh, I haven't got to play the multiplayer online yet. I mean, I'm sure I will at some point. I know you get to play as Robin, I think, if you go into multiplayer, but I haven't done it yet. But I won't get too into detail on it. You guys can check back on the special for, you know, however we get in detail on it. But I think it's a really good game. It's just, it's definitely on par with as good as Arkham City was, and I thought Arkham City was fantastic. Not just as a Batman fan, but just somebody who likes playing games. I think it's just a great game.
1: So, I mean, like, the game the game itself is is, is really good. I... There's a couple small quality things that, I, I, that that lead me to believe that, you know, obviously we know that uh, Rocksteady didn't do the game, but there's a couple small little things about the game that we'll go a little bit more in depth uh, during the special for. But, you know, overall, the story wasn't bad. You know, the entire, the overall idea of the game was not a bad idea, especially since it is a prequel and it's set earlier in Batman's career. It, there's definitely elements that work. And I think for the most part, outside of the the large number of bugs that were reported in that first week, I think that, you know, the, the only thing I have to question is, you know, I don't remember any bugs ever happening with the previous games, Arkham Asylum or Arkham City. So I'm wondering if it's because of the, maybe the game was rushed a little bit faster than it should have been. I, I have no idea. There's no way of knowing exactly for sure because who's really to blame for the bugs happening? Is it because is it the developers who you know who just you know messed up? Was it because they didn't have enough time you know quality checking it? We you know we'll never know. That's that's for the the developer and uh, the studios to figure out so that it doesn't happen again. But the the one thing that I will say, not necessarily related to Arkham Origins, is there's already. A rumor circulating that there could already be a, another Arkham game released by Rocksteady as early as next year. Now this isn't really that big of news because we've talked about this in previous episodes about the fact that Rocksteady is most likely working on another game, the, or the, another superhero game, whether it be a Batman game or something else. That We knew that they were working on something because Warner Brothers owns them. They've proven themselves to do a Batman game really well, so... If given the opportunity by Warner Brothers, they'd make whatever they want to make because they did a good job. So, and then we know that Kevin Conroy said that he was linked to another Arkham game, but not Arkham Origins. So that was pretty much confirming that there was another Arkham game and most likely taking place after the events of Batman Arkham City. So the question is, is it actually coming out next year? I personally don't think it's coming out next year. I think, if anything, you know, maybe they're going to try to keep. These games spread and keep them within a two-year time frame. Every two years, release one. I don't really... I think, honestly, I feel as if Warner Brothers releases a Batman game every year, similar to what they do with the Call of Duty franchise or something like that, even with two studios working on it, I think it's going to get overkilled pretty quick and it's going to die out.
2: Yeah, I think that would be too much. And I'm assuming kind of what they're going to do when they go back to Rocksteady is that that game will be set after Arkham City. And I think that when they go back to WB Montreal who did the Arkham Origins, I think probably what you'll have is it's set in the past again because, I mean, they definitely left a lot of, and I think on purpose, a lot of story between the end of Origins and the beginning of Arkham Asylum, I think so they can intentionally go back in the past and tell tell stories in the past again. But, yeah, I think what you're saying makes sense. And I would, Every two years, every 18 months would be fine for me. I would not want to see us start losing these games because people just have too many Batman games.
1: Yeah. And I think the the big thing is if you keep it at every two years, that gives the studio four years to develop, you know, not only de- develop but develop to release. It gives the it gives the the studios and developers about four years to do a game. I mean, that's that's plenty of time to do something worthwhile and and make a decent game. Rocksteady did Arkham City, I believe. I think it was only three three years. It took them to to in between Asylum and City, if I remember correctly, or maybe it was two, but you know, I think four years would be plenty of time where they could definitely expand the universe and make it a lot bigger, and, you know, eventually throw in some other stuff related to some of the other characters. Um, some of the, the events at the end of Batman Arkham Origins hint at some possibilities of what could come in the future, and kind of deal with some of the uh, rumors that have floated around about a year and a half ago in San Diego, but I'll save that stuff for the actual Arkham Origins special. So, as I said, be sure to look forward to that right around Thanksgiving, That, if not the week of Thanksgiving, that week right after, but right around that time frame, that's when we should be releasing it, because it would be right around a month after the release of the game. So, other video game news, the only other thing we've got to report is on October 27th, it was reported that Wii and Wii U versions of Young Justice Legacy have been cancelled, Basically, the behind that game said, we regret that this decision will prevent prevent some fans from playing the game and finding out what happens in the story. There were a number of reasons ranging to quality issues to lack of retailer support, but know that we didn't make this decision lightly. We are a fairly new company, and unfortunately both of these platforms presented challenges we could not overcome. Please accept our sincere apology, and we look forward to delivering the game on Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, 3ds and steam versions in less than a month as of right now the game is set to release on november 19th but the fact that there's hardly any promotional at all or promoting about this game at all it's almost as if well somebody paid this company to do the game so they have to release it just so they can try to make their money back that's really what it's it feels like they're they're doing uh, because there has been hardly anything released about this game at all and it's a real shame, because outside of the fact that this game is being released not even a year after the show went off the air officially, it, it just feels like this is completely falling in the cracks. And it's another thing that just feels like, well, it was an idea that somebody dropped the ball on.
0: Which, unfortunately, does seem to be the case with so much of Young Justice. I was not surprised to see the the two platforms that it was dropped on, because to me, that... I don't know. That's just the impression that I get from those gaming systems. This is not the age group that those gaming systems are necessarily aimed at.
2: I there's a couple things on this one for me. One is if if you look at it like on Amazon or or any place you pre-order your games, there it, it's it's listed at thirty nine bucks new. All the all the major games come out at fifty nine dollars now. Pretty much of it's Xbox or PlayStation three. So and I've seen the trailer to the game, and as much as I think this would be nice if it was good and I know it is supposed to tell the story that happened between season one and two of Young Justice unfortunately to me this game looks like it's just going to be bad which is awful because I wish it was good
1: alright so with that that is all the video game news Two Face you're back what are you talking about give up the boy nothing fair ever came out of the barrel of a gun
2: he knows what happened to me right hurry now you're back use that gun you're holding next time Two Face shows his faces Is this because you can only see one half of my face when I'm talking to him? Harvey, where did you go? Two-Face is back and he looks super pissed. Yeah, because I'm Harvey Dent.
0: Nice try, Two-Face, but your tricks won't work on me. I'm the world's greatest detective.
1: Moving into general news, we only have one thing to report on October 29th. Graphic Audio announced that they have released Wayne of Gotham, which, if you remember correctly, that was a book... It was originally released in in hardcover format in June of 2012, and then later on paperback last December. They have released their graphic, graphic audio version of Wayne of Gotham. You can you can download it now, and it is available, so you can check it out. This is basically a story of Bruce Wayne and him dealing with it, basically the the Thomas Wayne and Bruce Wayne, and how they compare to each other. So you can download that now. You can check that out if you're interested in the graphic audio version of Wayne of Gotham. All right, so with that, that is all of the news we have. We're going to move straight into our listener Q&As. My flesh is crying out, Batman. Can you
2: find my phone, or will I have my fun?
1: And first up... Over on the website, uh, the first comment and only comments we have on the website comes from Alex. He says, "Great episode, guys! I'm looking forward to hearing the Arkham Origins special. I didn't like Bane's portrayal at all in the previous Arkham's, Arkham games, so I'm excited to see him done with more justice. At least I would hope so, because they would probably want it make it make it closer to Dark Knight Rises. I hated how they made him a five six guy who bloats up to the stupid nine foot two teddy bear obsessed brute." Bane is my all-time favorite villain, and although I love the Venom from the original Vengeance of Bane Nightfall story, I'd rather them adapt the pain-suppressant version from the movie so the bad writers wouldn't rely on cutting the Venom tube technique. I just saw that the new DC Total Hero line figures are being priced at $13 retail. I thought they were going to be much cheaper to appeal to kids. I hope it does well for Mattel. At least two Arkham figures released by Mattel look pretty impressive. I stopped watching Beware the Batman. I really liked the first two episodes, but started to like them less and less and less. I haven't been interested in the plot or the humor. Well, thank you, Alex, for your comments. You, you know, as far as Bane, we'll 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 talk about this a little bit more during the special. But Ed, what did you think of Bane in the game?
2: I mean, it's fine. It it I did like his his the way he was drawn and his overall characterization. But if you were not a big fan of of cutting venom tubes, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to leave it at.
1: <laughs> all right. As far as the total hero line, yeah, I thought the whole point of it was supposed to, they were supposed to be cheaper, too. Now, if you compare it to the figures that they had with the DC Unlimited and Batman Unlimited figures that they recently had, they are cheaper. $13 is cheaper because those other figures were about $17.99, I believe, at Target. So, they, you know... You know, $4 or $5 cheaper than what they were, you know, but in in reality, you're getting half as much plastic, so I, I don't really understand the idea of them still being $13. I actually remember back when Justice League Unlimited, or the Justice League figures that Mattel produced, you know, it was just a single piece of plastic, maybe one accessory. Some of them, most of them didn't even come with an accessory. And those figures, I believe, were like 6 bucks. How did it go from a $6 figure not even 10 years ago to... Turning into this this crazy, we've got to charge thirteen dollars, double the price of a figure that was actually larger in size because the Just League figures I believe were four point seven five or five and a quarter inch tall, and these Total Hero ones are supposed to be even shorter than that. So I, I just don't get it. I don't understand it, but you know it is what it is. I I honestly I get so tired of arguing, uh, you know, debating and. And getting upset and ranting about Mattel and their crazy decisions. It's almost as bad as Cartoon Network and their decisions. Alright, with that being said, uh, a couple of emails were sent to us. One of them we actually missed last month, so I'm going to pick it up this month. Mostly because a lot of the email was related to the comic cast, and because of that, I missed the stuff that actually had to do with the normal cast. So, Charlie wrote, do you think DC will try having their own interconnected movie universe starting off with Man of Steel and the Batman Superman? Besides that, do you have any faith that they will pull it off well? I hope they can, but I am not so sure they will be given my feelings on Man of Steel and Green Lantern. Green Lantern was a guy who supposedly had no fear, but spent the entire movie being afraid. They also got his mythos wrong, especially Corona and... Parallax. Also, Sinestro was like the most selfless and heroic of all and of all the people in the movie. I really hope they pretend this movie just doesn't exist. Green Lantern, the animated series, is what the movie should have been. Yes, it also took some liberties, but it changes were changes were for the better, not for the worse. As for Man of Steel, I love Dragon Ball Z, and this is ha- this had some great Dragon Ball Z style fights, but it didn't inspire me at all. It tried to appeal to my emotions and sympathy, but I just didn't get much out of it, other than the best superhero fights ever filmed. That alone doesn't make for a good movie, though. Plus, you need to wonder how many innocent people Superman killed when he was punching Zod through buildings and thrown f- Ferrara around Smallville. Sure, he gets sad when he killed Zod, but what about the other thousands of people who died? Metropolis was a wasteland after he got done, and most of the damage was not caused by the world engine thing. I wonder if the new Batman can realistically adventure with this new version of Superman, given that it seems to take place in the real world with real-world levels of technology. I mean, Superman alone seems like he could take on an army by himself, given his crazy speed and level of durability. He seems powerful enough that he could, take, he could have taken on an entire alien invasion of the, of the Avengers movie by himself, as well as the Avengers at the same time. The Hulk and Thor may last a few extra seconds, though, but they don't seem to have the speed or reaction time to last much longer. What can a realistic version of Batman add to this other than either by amping him up to the sci-fi levels he is at now in the comics or to really play up his detective skills? Even Hawkeye and Black Widow in the Avengers movies seemed superhuman. I think Warner Brothers made a mistake by making the movie the movie version of Superman this powerful and for making their first movie basically a world threat. Where can they go from here that they that he would Need help from any other heroes with for, with any problem? A galaxy threat? Where was Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, and everyone else during the worldwide threat that seemed to just start in Metropolis and the Indian Ocean? So so here's the thing. A uh, couple comments that I, I'll, I'll, I'll reference here. So do I think that they're trying to start a movie universe with Man of Steel and Batman Superman? Yes, definitely. Do I think that they could pull it off well? Yes, I think they could pull it off well. And I think that... You know, if you look at some of the stuff that Warner Brothers has decided to go with, if you look at the Nolan films, the, you know, they basically put their trust in in Chris Nolan and he made the and he made the the the, the trilogy. Uh, but it all started with Batman Begins. You know, they had no idea exactly what they were going to do. He pitched them an idea and they let them let him run with it. Zack Snyder pitched them an idea for Man of Steel and they let him run with it. And You know, yes, there's some problems with Man of Steel, but overall, I thought the movie was good. You know, I don't really have a whole lot of, you know, I don't have more issues with the movie than I have things that I liked about the movie. And, you know, I specifically, yeah, you know, they did try to appeal to my emotions and sympathy, and they got me. You know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of emotions that, you know, you can run across in that movie from everywhere, from Jonathan Kent dying, you know, and making sure that, Clark doesn't save him specifically because he believes that the world's not ready for his son. It's a good thing. You know, there was a lot of really good stuff. So I think that they did a really great job with Man of Steel. Now, yes, I do think that Superman does have a ridiculous amount of powers. But that is who Superman is. You know, when you look at the Avengers, the Avengers are characters that came after Superman. When when Superman was originally created in 1938... He was meant to have a ridiculous amount of powers. That was the whole point of the character. The point of the character was that he was out of this world. He had more powers and could take on basically anything. So when you say yes, he, you know, he seems more powerful than an entire than an entire alien invasion and an entire the entire Avengers team, that's because he should. He's basically the father of all superheroes. When the Avengers were created, they weren't meant to be, you know, the all-powerful beings that Superman was originally created as. And that's the idea. That's why Marvel was successful for so many years was because they were characters that had their faults. You know, they didn't, in, when Superman was created, Kryptonite didn't exist. It wasn't like, oh, Superman's got a weakness and it's Kryptonite. It, that wasn't even addressed when he was initially created. So when he feels like he's all-powerful, it's because he is all-powerful. I don't imagine a whole lot of characters from any of the universes being able to take on Superman. That's the point. He's supposed to be that powerful. So, yes, why would he take on these other characters? Because even though he is super powerful, he's not... You know, he's probably not... Well, I'll just say this because I'm a Batman fan. He doesn't have the detective skills. He's not as smart as Batman. He's just not. You know, he's got the brute and he's got the strength. But realistically, outside of that, he needs someone who, you know not only can ground him to a little bit more of reality, but also help him with the in, the mental side of s- the solving situations and things like that. Not everything's about throwing your fist like it was in Man of Steel. So, you know, th- that's why I think that Batman's going to be linked into this this portrayal is uh, of Man of Steel and how it's going to propel the DC Universe.
0: I will actually go back to Green Lantern, which was at the start of this comment. I recognize, I think I'm one of the very few people who does like that movie and who did enjoy it, but I don't think that that is ever going to be considered part of the larger DC universe, cinematic universe. And I'm fine with that, because if that was not what fans wanted, that means we're less likely to get another one. So I would much rather them remake Green Lantern, you know, spin it off of this universe that they have fully said they're creating from... Man of Steel and from Man of Steel 2 so I mean they they are very capable of making this universe and making it happen whether they're going to be adept at it and whether they're going to succeed with it is completely up to them and that's going to be realizing that A you can't copy the success that Marvel has enjoyed with the Avengers because you're dealing with very different characters from the Avengers and B not rushing things to try to compete with the Marvel Universe just because you've you realize you are being left behind. You need to still take the time and energy and make it right and make it good for your fans, not just try to rush it out there to make money. And as for Superman having all of these ridiculous powers, yes, he got a new power pretty much every week because the writers would write him into a corner and, Oh, it's okay, he's he's got this power. So we can we can use that to get him out of it. And that's that's fine too. That's a part of the history of the character. So, for him to have that huge threat in the first one, yeah, that was a threat that really only he could understand. So, as far as the next movie, why would he team up with, you know, lesser beings? Maybe it's a threat that he doesn't understand because he's not hes not human and he's never going to be. He has a connection to humans, yes, because he was raised by them and raised around them, but he is not one of them. And that's very clear to him, so... I think that they have done a good enough job of making him the type of character that's not above asking for help that's not above saying, "I don't understand this, and I need your help with it." yeah I mean let
2: let's be honest, the first time the Superman in the movies and I'm just talking about the Superman in the movies right now, ran into a threat that he couldn't punch his way through. He'd be over. He's not a brilliant you know a, a man with a, with a brilliant brilliant strategy on his head so i'm not i'm not too terribly worried about that i think they'll probably work that out oh, and i i think i tend to believe that anything we saw and i i'm agree with melinda by the way i don't think green lantern was as bad as everyone made it out to be i mean it wasn't dark knight or dark knight rises but it wasn't that it wasn't bad it just wasn't amazing but i, I have a tendency to think that anything that happened previous to man of steel is, is like it's going mean, to be never happened in this new DC Cinematic Universe. I, I don't think we'll ever get a reference to anything in the Dark Knight movies from Nolan, Green Lantern, anything before that. I, I just think that this is the new start of the DC Cinematic Universe, which is, which is fine. I mean, you have to draw a line at some point, and I guess this is the line they've drawn. And I do think they can pull it off well. They need to just do it their own way. Like Melinda said, I don't want to see this be a copycat of, of the Marvel method, per se. But yeah, I think it'll be fine, and I look forward to see where it's going.
1: You know, here's what I'll say about Green Lantern. If you if you really do not like Green Lantern, you need to go get the you need to watch the director's cut of or the extended cut or whatever I think it was called the director's cut, which was basically just another version of the film that was released on the Blu-ray of Green Lantern because there's a lot more scenes in that film that they cut because of the runtime of the actual the finished version. They needed to cut to make it for the theatrical release. There's a lot of scenes that they cut that I I really feel as if they shouldn't have cut, such as scenes showcasing the reason why he became like the daredevil type pilot that he was. Uh, you know, the death of his father and how it affected him. You know, there's a lot of things that they dealt with that they cut for whatever reason. Green Lantern wasn't to par with some of the film. You know, with 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 Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, or Man of Steel in my opinion, but I don't think it was that bad either, I think the problem is that they just they, they, they took a character who was supposed to be a cocky character and turned him into a character who was a funny character, and that was the problem that I had, it wasn't so much about the fact that like, that Ryan Reynolds did a bad job, it was that you know they they the writing of the story because obviously Ryan Reynolds is not a char- you know is not an actor who walks in and says all right I'm going to rewrite everything that's that's that all my lines and I'm just going to say what I want to say it was the way it was written and it, the way it was written was he was a character who was funny he wasn't a character who was cocky and that's the thing flash to me has always been the funnier character so that's my thought on that i'll leave it at that all right the final email we have comes from john he says, hey guys, I'm John from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm new to the podcast and really enjoy it. I've been a fan of Batman since I was a kid and have always loved drawing him. I have a couple questions for you. My first one is if any of you have ever read the Batman vs. Predator comics. I've always thought that it would be make a killer movie. I love the Predator movies and I love Batman. It only makes sense. I'd love to hear what you all you all think about that. Another question, have you ever read over the Batman Spawn comic? I love Spawn character by Todd McFarlane and think that they need to remake his movie since it sucked and had a ton of potential. Then throw in Batman in a sequel and make it be awesome as well. My last that thought is me just wondering if the whole Occupy Wall Street theme throughout the movie bothered any of you. I like the movie, but I can't stand political movies, and they tried to do that with Batman. I understand that the theme played into the storyline somewhat, but they didn't have to make it so overbearing. Anyways, thanks for the show. My favorite villain might be Scarface. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Alright, so John, I'll address your questions. Uh, I've read the Predator Batman comics. You know, some of them are... they're okay. They're not not the best stories out there but when it, when you take a character like the Predator and have him involved with Batman there's only so many ways you can go and I think they pretty did did it pretty well do I think they would ever make a Predator or Batman movie there's no way in hell that would ever happen because 20th Century Fox owns the Predator and Warner Brothers owns Batman and the, those two companies have already had their fair share of you know duking it out most recently during Watchmen Right before Watchmen came out, there was a giant lawsuit that 20th Century Fox filed against Warner Brothers before they released it. And even you can go even further back because 20th Century Fox originally originally produced the Batman 66 TV show. And they own the rights to it, which is one of the reasons why the show has never been released on DVD or Blu-ray. So, yeah, I never see that happening. Moving to Batman's Spawn... Well, here's the. I have read the comics. Uh, There's actually more than one. You know, Spawn is not a character that I particularly like. I just don't really care that much about the the mystical stuff. Now, that's not to say I don't mind mystical elements in books, but I don't want a book that's all about that. When I've seen the Spawn movie, I think it sucks. Uh, It doesn't really do any favors for me wanting to enjoy the character at all. And I don't know. I I never read the Spawn comics outside of the Batman Spawn comics, but when I saw the Spawn comics, Film, uh, John Leguizamo is that uh, oh God. The clown uh, man. I, there's nothing in that movie that I remotely comes close to me wanting to like that movie. I'll just say that. But what is interesting is New Line was the company that, that that distributed that film, and New Line is actually owned by Warner Brothers. So is there a potential there? Well, it's a closer chance in hell to making a Batman Spawn movie than a Batman Predator movie. I still don't ever see it happening. Also because Spawn, despite the fact that New Line made that film, Image Comics produces the Spawn comics, which is technically a competitor to DC. You know, not as big of a competitor as Marvel, but unless something happened, I don't ever see Warner Brothers doing it. So again, cold chance in hell that that's going to happen, but slightly better chance than probably Predator vs. Batman. Last comment about the Occupy Wall Street you know, honestly, I liked it, but I'm one of those people who I like political movies. I like political thrillers. I enjoy watching movies that involve politics. Recently, I watched I watched the entire series of West Wing, and I enjoyed it. I also recently just watched the entire first season of House of Cards, and I enjoyed that. So, I mean, like, I, I like political stuff. So, for me, it, it was fine. I, I liked it. I liked when elements, especially stuff that's, you know... I, I will say it didn't really feel like it wasn't overbearing you know yes there was themes related to the Occupy Wall Street but the intent was not so much about the Occupy Wall Street if you actually know the process of them making the story you'll know that they didn't actually they wrote the story the way they did before Occupy Wall Street actually happened which makes it really interesting because Occupy Wall Street was actually happening during the same time frame when they were filming the film. But the, the scenes were already written a year in advance. So it was almost as if Chris Nolan was predicting what could possibly happen with the economy with his script for The Dark Knight Rises. But I will say it, it was not so much about throwing the political elements from current world events into the film as it was having just elements that were meant to add to the film. So, even though it felt as if they stole stuff from Occupy Wall Street because the film released a year after it, it wasn't really like that.
0: I have not read either of the comics, but I can see, Dustin, your point about yeah, Snowy Day in Hell when Batman vs. Predator gets made because of the two opposing studios. Batman and Spawn, theoretically, has more of a potential to be made. I don't particularly want to see Either of those happen. A, I'm not a huge Todd McFarlane fan, so I don't really want to see his creations brought to screen because of the way he has treated other comic book creators over the years. And as far as the political aspects of The Dark Knight Rises, if you look at The Dark Knight, that is actually an extremely politicized movie dealing with areas of jurisdiction, and it's a commentary on what America was doing at the time leading incursions into sovereign nations, but that, that is a whole other thing. So I, to say that you, you didn't necessarily enjoy the parts of The Dark Knight Rises that featured heavy political commentary, it, like you said, Dustin, it was actually incredibly coincidental that it, it's viewed as commentary at, at all, because those scenes were written so far in advance. I'm with you. I really enjoyed the political commentary of it. I enjoyed viewing that part because it was something that was reflecting, however accidentally, what was going on in our current environment. And I think that 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 kind of knowledge can only ever benefit people. So, I thoroughly enjoyed the political aspects, and I've enjoyed the entire Nolan trilogy, even though all of those films do have political undertones to them.
2: Predator's batman i don't remember i think i did read it at one point the spawn ones the, the two one there were one shots if i'm right the two spawn ones were. Yep, yep and i think one was batman spawn them was here's a chessman war games war something actually i do war have devil I war believe. devil that's it they were okay uh, i was never a big fan of the spawn character to, to be honest with you that's a couple that i i think i read them one time bagged them and, and put them in the box So I don't really remember him that well, but the only thing I remember was I never really read Spawn, but I did like some of Greg Capullo's art on Spawn. And I was glad to see him come over to Batman, although if you go back and look at his Spawn stuff, the style he does is almost completely different than the style he does in Batman. It would would be hard to believe that that's the same uh, artist in a good way, that he can kind of recreate his style depending on who he's he's drawing. So that's the one thing I'll say positive about uh, Spawn comics. Political stuff... I kind of fall with Dustin on this. I mean, I watch, like, you know, The Newsroom on HBO. I'm a big political guy. I like politics in my movies. Uh, I I watch even some British political shows, like The Thick of It. So I I always like it when politics are in in comics. And I don't have a, a, a problem if it's an opposing viewpoint from mine, as long as it's not too, you know, over the top. But some of the best Batman comics, I think, have had a political undertone. The Dark Knight Returns has severe political undertones. Paul Pope's Batman Year 100 has a lot of politics in it. Even some of the more lesser known comics like Batman Holy Terror, which was an Elseworlds back in the day, which is very political. So I've always enjoyed politics in comics. I can certainly understand why, why some people wouldn't, but I don't feel like it was too heavy-handed in, in the Dark Knight movies, especially when, you know, as Life imitates Art, Art imitates Life, where he kind of got this down before it actually happened. And I think that may be the reason why it seems you know, bigger than it actually is in the movie because it was not, not meant to be, but no, I don't, I, I don't have an issue with, with the politics in, in movies. Like, I actually quite, uh, quite enjoy it as well.
1: All right. So with that, I want to remind everybody that you can head over to the website to leave your comments on the podcast post. You can leave your comments in the comment section below. If you've got anything that you would like us to talk about in the next episode, be sure to leave your comments there, or you can email us at podcast at the with any questions, comments, or concerns about this podcast or any of our others. With that, I want to remind everybody to head over to the website for all the latest news and editorials from the Batman Universe relating to not only movies, TV, merchandise, video game, and general news, but also the comics as well. You can also check out all of the other podcasts that we have to offer, including the Batfans, Back Called the Oracle, as well as the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. Um, Also check out Bat Books for Beginners if you're somebody who's getting into the world of comics and you've never really read any of the, you've never really read any comics and you're trying to get an idea of where to start. We have a show called Bat Books for Beginners where we take you from the very beginning of what we deem the timeline of events for Batman and kind of travel along. And at this point we're pretty far into his career. Tim Drake's already, already around. So there's over 100 episodes of that that you can check out and uh, you can leave comments on those episodes and look forward to upcoming episodes as well. Outside of that, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for all the latest news and videos from the Batman Universe, as well as join our Facebook group to chat with other Bat fans. You can also leave us reviews on iTunes. Those are always greatly appreciated. And you can email us, as I said before, at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. With that, that is everything for this episode. This is Dustin. This is Melinda. And this is Ed. And you've been listening to the Batman Universe Podcast. We'll see you guys next month.
0: Have a great month. I won't
2: be back unless Dustin gets sick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That does seem to be the order.
2: Yeah, so if Dustin checks out next, then I'll be back for the next one.